Hello, my name is Antonio Rodriguez, and I will be having a conversation with Alexandra Burris and Emmy Pritikin as part of an oral history of Brooklyn Transcore to be included in the New York City Trans Oral History Project. This is an oral history project centered on the experience of trans identifying people. All right, thank you so much for doing this interview with me. I, um, uh, just so you know what we're working on, I've been doing an oral history of Brooklyn Trans Corps uh, for class projects <clears throat> and for zine. Um, after this interview, if you want to take a look at the uh, draft scene, I can send that to you uh, if you'd like to take a look. But what I would really love to do is ask you a few questions about your involvement with Brooklyn Trans Corps. And uh, yeah, how's that sound? Can you hear me? Oh, I can't hear you now. What? Is it, uh, hello? I can hear you now, yeah. There we go. All right. Hello. Yes, that is totally fine. Fire away. Great. Uh, first, can I get uh, the name as you'd like it to appear in the piece with the correct spelling? And, um, yeah. Uh, yeah, name is Alexandra Burris, A-L-E-X-A-N-D-R-A-B-U-R-R-U-S. Okay. Yeah. And uh, can you tell me a bit about what you do sort of as a creative and, uh, yeah, just in general, like an introduction to you as a person? Yeah, um, I am a, a drag artist in the New York drag scene. Um, I started back in November. I also uh, kind of do uh, film work on the side as like sometimes camera operator, video editor, yada yada, wherever I can fit in to make some money on the side. Um, and currently I work in a high school, but I am transitioning out of that right now to hopefully pursue drag more full-time yeah. cool. awesome awesome so uh can you tell me a bit about how you found uh brooklyn transcore uh what was the first time you heard about it and uh then what was the first time you interacted with it yeah um the first time i heard about brooklyn transcore i was going to a benefit show at our wicked lady that the dilators were putting on um I had a lot of fun at that show. I met a lot of people there, and I guess my energy was really radiating to everybody else, including the members of the Dilators, uh, where their main member, Sirsha, had introduced themselves and told me about Brooklyn Transcore. Um, at the time, I had already been doing some uh, volunteer work with like Dave's Lesbian Bar and like trying to tap into my queer community a lot more. So when I heard about Brooklyn Transcore, I was like, all right, let me for the meeting uh so i came to the meeting that they were having which their first meeting happened that i was a part of i believe it happened at gosh i can't remember the location there's been so many <laughs> i can't remember the location of the first meeting but uh i went there just as like a participant just to like see what it's all about and since then i've gone to like every single meeting that there is yeah was it a bar that, that first place Oh, yes, bar, Metro, Metropolitan. That's Metro, where it was. Oh, Metro. That's yeah. the karaoke there, right? Yeah, yeah, karaoke. We were there, like, during... They were doing... I believe they were doing gender experts that day. Yeah, and then they had karaoke afterwards, and we were just in the back, just talking. Karaoke? That's funny. Mm -hmm. Karaoke, yep. What's well, gender experts? 
Uh, Gender Experts is an open mic that happens at Metro every Tuesday except the third Tuesday. And I know a lot of people from Brooklyn Transcore that go there and just go to watch the show or participate. I've been a part of it sometimes. Cool. Uh, You mentioned, what was it, Dave's Lesbian Bar? Or what is that? Yeah, Dave's Lesbian Bar, it is a, so it's not actually a bar yet, uh, but they are have been raising money over the past two years with pop-up events every month uh, featuring live queer bands and whatever other thing that they will collaborate with to raise money to open the first lesbian bar in Queens. Uh, they reached their goal, like, the end of last year, so hopefully they're going to have an actual, like, brick-and-mortar place built up by the end of the year fingers crossed has there yeah. really never been a les you know i'm sorry what's super funny i just known your your curtains i have the exact oh. same curtains <laughs> it's like literally right here the exact same curtain. oh yeah anyway, nice I'm, I'm, I'm sorry um it, has there really never been a lesbian bar in queens that seems unlikely no. doesn't it not by my knowledge. Uh, if there is one, there ain't one that I know of, and there, if there was one, ain't nobody told me about it. So for sure, for sure, interesting. Um, so when you found Brooklyn Transcore, was there something about that community that you weren't finding at, for instance, the Dave's Lesbian Bar sort of scene or the other queer scenes that you found? Yeah, I mean, I wasn't finding as many punks as I would find at Brooklyn Transcore. Um, a lot i feel like a lot of the queer scene around is very like there's a lot of different types of people but like a lot of it is very like i don't know i guess like mainstreamy clubby house music type of stuff and that wasn't really my scene so you know seeing brooklyn transport what they were doing and the types of shows they were putting on i was like this is definitely what i want to be a part of so yeah i'm, I'm definitely interested in understanding that like, like mm-hmm. what it was it about punk specifically in the punk, maybe aesthetic or scene uh, that mm-hmm. that was more attractive than the conventional spaces? Uh, yeah, I mean, I feel like in the punk space that because like growing up, I listened to a lot of like screamo, hard metal stuff. Um, growing up and I but I never really like went to shows or anything I didn't have like a community of group of people that I could like be around I maybe had like one or two friends that were really into it um so when I went to the Brooklyn Transcore shows um there was like honestly this big like communal switch of energy like everyone is just so kind and like caring and respectful of like who you are where you've come from and trying their hardest to like ensure that a space is safe and be very verbal about it and that was just something that I very much like I loved I really I really enjoyed it like it felt like one of those spaces where it's like I might not know anybody here but like I know that everybody around here cares about me in some interesting way so yeah 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 definitely i think that's something that gets echoed a lot and uh actually something that's kind of interesting is when i talked to one of the founders of brooklyn transport uh they were saying very similar things about way back in 2007 about how there was like a mainstream uh sort of gay scene this was before like queerness really caught on in in person you know what i mean as opposed to in theory and uh there are gay and lesbian spaces and they were they're binary spaces just really for gays and lesbians or lesbians they didn't mix 
and uh, and so finding a queer space and create creating a queer space and a trans space was uh, was part of the original goal. So it is very interesting that you're catching sort of that vibe. Yeah, and I'd also on that note, I'd also add that uh, there were a lot of trans people at the Brooklyn Transport meetings. What a surprise <laughs> and shows and whatnot. Um, and even though, like you know, being in other like queer spaces, I feel like a lot of them, like the mainstream ones, are very like cis gay male oriented. And it's like there wasn't a lot of trans overlap. If there were trans people, it would be a very small group. Whereas when I go to these shows or be at these meetings, that's like the majority of the people that are there. Mm -hmm. so what mm -hmm. was it do you think you sort of noticed or were attracted to the transness first or the queerness first or is there um, a differentiation would, between the two i would say i was mostly attracted to the transness first just because i am a trans uh woman and i really love having other trans people uh and to like i love having people that can kind of relate to like the things that i'm going through and give me advice on things on a level where they actually like understand what is happening with me um so that like was a huge difference for me yeah um okay so you said that you went to a benefit show uh, that was your first contact with Brooklyn transport how did you find out about the benefit show I found out a benefit show uh, after I had went to the first Dilator show, uh, which Sirsha, who's like one of the main people running Brooklyn Transcore, uh, front front uh, head sings in. I was trying to find the right word for that. Um, yeah, I I had, and I found that show because my partner Emmy they had discovered it from Instagram. There was just like a post for this like uh, punk show happening under a bridge, and there's gonna be skating and stuff. So like, I pulled up right at the end of it. They were there for most of it, but I pulled up at the end when the dialers were performing, and I really loved them, uh, and I wanted to see them perform again. Uh, and then that's how I got to the Our Wicked Lady show. Yeah, yeah. Were you doing drag before Brooklyn Transcore? No, I was not. I didn't start doing drag until like November of last year. And I believe the Brooklyn Transcore meeting I went to was in, I think it was in like June or July. It was definitely like in this like summertime, like it's a lot warmer. Yeah, so only I started doing drag like months after that. Yeah. Had you been thinking about doing it or were they related in some way? Um, I was thinking about doing it. It wasn't really a related thing. It was kind of like... It, the drag was kind of something that just kind of fell onto me. I kind of just walked into it. I met someone who was just saw me and was like, you want to do drag? Which, funny enough, that person that I met also helps, uh, uh, I wouldn't say organize, but, like, they come to the Brooklyn Transcore meetings and are very close with all the organizers and, like, helps out there, too. So there was, like, interlap between, like, the, the, the social groups, but I didn't know of that until then. Mm. Okay, that's interesting. Um... Who was that person? Uh, Hazel, also known as Unintelligible Screaming. Oh, yeah, I see their name on the on the flyers, but I've never mm -hmm. met them. One second. Okay, so you said you've been involved with Brooklyn Transcore. I guess now it would be about a year, right? Or two years? Yeah, Just about, a, yeah, year about a year. Cool. So during the course of that, had you heard anything about uh how it was founded or any of the history behind the group 
Uh, not really. All I knew was that apparently it had been around for a very long time. I had no idea. Like, I literally never heard of Brooklyn Transport in my entire life. And usually when I tell people about it, they never heard of it either. So, yeah. Was it surprising to find like, nearly a 10, 15-year-old organization? Or was that something Hell, you expected? Hell yeah. I was super surprised. Like, because when, even when Sirsha first told me about it, it didn't really seem like it was this very big thing. They were kind of just like, yeah, we have this, like, uh, organization that, like, uh, distributes uh, instruments to, to other trans bands and, like, support each other and whatnot. And I was just like... So I, I knew when the first meeting I went to, there were so many people that pulled up. Like I was not expecting that at all. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, okay, cool. Let's see. I just have a couple of more uh, notes in general, like themes we've been talking about. Um, what? Uh, what? This might not apply to you as much, just because. It we're coming out of COVID and you got you got involved with them after COVID. But how was the pandemic, uh, you know, the two years of quarantine for you? And uh, was there anything sort of uh, pertinent to Brooklyn Transcore or coming out into post-COVID life that's relevant that you'd like to share? Yeah, I mean, I mean, hell, everything has to fucking do with COVID these goddamn days, you know, even with Brooklyn Transcore. And like, I think one of the things that really gravitated me towards uh, going to the meetings and continuing going to the meetings was that two year gap of like not having any type of community whatsoever. And I mean, during COVID, I was living with my parents still. And then I moved out with my partner, like, halfway through that whole lockdown situation. Uh, and I was deeply in need of community. It's why I did the Dave's event stuff, because I got to meet so many cool people and make some new friends. And then I was just super interested in, in joining up with Brooklyn Transcore and doing more with them just to fill that void that I had over those past two years. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, what do you think... Um, so now that you're sort of uh, more involved with Brooklyn Transcore, what do you think about the future? Is there anything you're working on that you'd like to work on the group with the group on or... What's going on? Uh, yeah, there's a lot. There, there's a couple things that I'm really interested in. Like, uh, I know that Brooklyn Transcore is really interested in putting on more, like, all-ages shows. And I am so down for that because, like, I didn't get to go to shows when I was a kid. There was nary, nary a show I could go to that was for my age demographic. And if, even if there was, it was a little hard to get to. Um, and I think that... Uh, and actually, soon, what's going to be happening soon is we're going to be putting on an all-ages show that I am going to be a part of and teaching uh, some of those uh, young kids how to mosh properly. Because uh, for me, personally, like, I was never someone who was into, like, being in mosh pits or being in that type of scene or whatever. It always looked super dangerous and weird, and I wasn't into it. Uh, my partner really encouraged me to get into it at some point. And then I did. Um, and I was very thankful that my the first mosh pit that I was in was around uh queer and trans people because again we all had this kind of collective energy of like we don't want to hurt each other we want to have fun and maybe be a little rowdy but at the end of the day we want to look out for each other and i wanted more of that and since going to all of these uh brooklyn transcore shows and even shows that aren't brooklyn transcore and seeing how 
those different uh, environments kind of interact, those different mosh pits can interact, some can be really freaking scary. And sometimes some of those shows where it is kind of scary, there might be someone who maybe isn't uh, a fully fledged adult and maybe hasn't been in a pit before and doesn't fully understand like the unspoken rules of the pit and whatnot. And I'm just very interested in like making those unspoken rules spoken so that more and more people can get involved in this scene if it's something that they're interested in doing they can be a part of it without having to you know fear for their lives or whatever so yeah yeah i think the mosh pit is like is is sort of central to like you know about the pillars of hip-hop right Mm -hmm. the mosh pit is a pillar of of punk identity right Mm -hmm. and uh, i have a lot of thoughts about it and and sort of its usefulness but I would love to hear from your perspective as to why, why it's an attractive prospect and what are your rules. Give me, give yeah. me the pitch. Yeah, what do you want to teach them? Yeah, totally. Well, I mean, for me, I feel like the one of the reasons why I feel like mosh pits are very important is like it is this controlled space where you are able to kind of like a present how ever you fucking wish without any judgment from anybody and b also just like physically moving with your community in this kind of like almost an exercise almost uh it really just like gets your adrenaline going gets your emotions going gets your feelings out in a more like physical way sometimes it can be a little more visceral than others and sometimes it could just be a little more pushy and shovey um and you know every month not all mosh pits are created equal it really just depends on who's in it but like if i were to for me my rules of kind of like the mosh pit the things that i like to see and just and really hate seeing uh first thing is like firstly no drinks in the pit don't bring your drinks to the fucking pit they you're gonna drop it it's gonna slip everyone's gonna fall and then it's a falling hazard and that's not cool we don't like that uh you should always if someone falls you should always pick them up the moment you see someone falls you it should be the goal of the whole group to kind of like guide other people away from the part or from the part of the pit where people have fallen try to pick them up as best as you possibly can uh be as aware as possible you know uh it's nice to go out and drink a lot but you know sometimes it's nice to also like not drink too much especially if you're planning on throwing your body around at people because sometimes you might uh end up vomiting or something and it's just not a good time for everybody else um no no karate no no karate i i'm sure there's so there seems to be people that like live and die by that shit but not me i don't want to see any spin kicks no drop kicks no fucking judo flips or whatever in a mosh pit it just doesn't it doesn't belong like i'm all for the pushing and the shoving it's the active hitting and like that stuff i cannot stand i absolutely cannot stand it um i guess if like you and your buddy have like a little you had a conversation and you guys are willing to do that to each other then sure but you shouldn't be doing that to strangers who you don't know and don't know what they've been through and don't know what they're going through and whatnot um and of course, don't pull people into the pit who don't want to be in the pit. If people are on the outskirts, you don't just grab them and throw them in. Like, they have to willingly go in on their own accord, you know? Um, and I guess last rule onto that would be if you're not going to be a part of the pit, support the pit. Be around the pit close enough where if someone who is in the pit and is actively engaging in that, maybe they their body gets flung and they're going to be going out of the pit, but they still want to be in, you should be there to push them right back in and just keep it going. 
because that's how ultimately how you stop each other from falling is by then just pushing each other back in there's just so many bodies going around that it's like it's impossible to fall so yeah yeah those are solid rules solid rules yeah the karate thing um it's funny that you call it karate because i never thought of it as karate <laughs> but yeah it i remember when that first started happening back in the day there was i, I went to this show once in like 2005 and it was um, it was weird because it was like in a big open warehouse and they had a wrestling ring set up for some reason. Okay. So the guy was, the singer was like, if you want to mosh, you're down here. If you want to dance, that's what they call it, hardcore dancing, you're up, up on the stage. And so they created two separate pits for people who wanted to hardcore dance, like the karate thing, and people who wanted to mosh normally. Uh, but it, it's so it's so weird, and like the only time I've ever seen people get really hurt is when they're doing that. You know, they'll break an arm or something. But, exactly. Um, it's kind of ridiculous. Um, yeah. So yeah, I think <clears throat> I think I, I have a lot of thoughts about the pit and why it's interesting and important. And I think it always comes back to this idea of it's like this perfect way to process trauma in mm-hmm. in a in a safer space. It's not. It's never one hundred percent safe. But uh, it is as safe as it allows a kind of like therapeutic play, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? That is 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 impossible to find anywhere else. It is it is unique in this sense that anyone can come in and do this thing, and uh, and it sort of it deny it, it defies a lot of societal rules about how we are to physically interact with each other. But you are giving your consent when you enter that space, right? Yeah. Um, and it's, I don't know, I, I, I've wanted to write something over the years about that. Um, uh, re, like the, the punk scene, the hardcore scene, relationships to trauma and processing trauma. Uh, I don't know. Just a thought. I don't know if you have anything to say about that. but No, I totally do. Because, like, for me, every time I get into a pit, I feel like I am always channeling this, like, negative energy that i've just been like holding in and want to release that's what i love about the mosh pits it's like it's a nice way to get out a lot of aggression uh in a space where everyone is under the same kind of everyone ideally where everyone has essentially consented to uh dealing with that uh you know when i'm in the pit again i don't do karate or anything but you know i'm pushing people i'm shoving people i'm not only trying to process all the shit that I have gone through today, but I am also trying to do it in a way where I'm not necessarily harming anyone specifically, uh, or at least trying to harm them in a way that's, like, very damaging, mm-hmm. you know? Because, like, every time I get out of the you know, you're going to end up with some bruises yeah. here and there, you know? Um, but that's all part of the process, I feel. It's like, it's like you're quite literally taking your anger out on strangers who are, like, cool with it. So it's, like, yeah. kind of cool. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, being about aggression, but not necessarily being about violence. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Okay, uh, that's super interesting. Um, all right, let's see. Uh, uh, there's a whole section in the current version of the zine about Trans Day of Remembrance. I don't know if you mm-hmm. care to have any share any thoughts about that. Uh, I would say, I guess. Not really, because to be honest, I didn't even really know Trans Day of Remembrance was a thing until like 
yeah. I guess two years ago, um, I, I still don't really fully understand, like, the whole vibe of it, aside from just remembering all the trans people we lost, which is, like, totally cool. I do that every fucking day. So, <laughs> yeah. Okay, cool. Um... Um, well, honestly, that's that's it. I don't have any other specific questions for you, and thank you so much for participating. I, are there any other thoughts uh, you'd like to share or any other notes you want to give me? Um, no, not really. Cool. Not really. Yeah. Uh, tell me again about Hazel. How are they involved with the punk? Uh, yeah, um, they are also, I think, friends with Sirsha and other members of the Dilators. Um, and when I met them, because I can't, I don't think I saw them at like the first meeting that I went to. I think I might have saw them at like the maybe the second or third meeting that I went to, and that was before that I even started doing drag. So like we like had seen each other, mm-hmm. but like never really spoke to each other mm-hmm. until I met them at a show that they were doing. Um, so I'm not 100% sure how she, like, got that in, but, like, she's in there, and she helps out wherever she can, just like me. Like, I wouldn't say, like, she's an organizer, per se, just like, I wouldn't say I'm an organizer. I'm more of just, like, a big fan and volunteer, so. Okay, cool. Um, awesome. Uh, is your partner around? Do you think they would want to talk as well? Um, yeah, hey, Emmy, would you want to talk about your stuff with Brooklyn Transcore or whatnot. <laughs> they're, they're chewing on some food right now. So. Uh, but uh, they're, they're going to sub in here. Alright, cool. Thank you so much. Yeah, of course. Hi. Hey there, how are you? Doing good, how are you? Good. Um... To start off, are you okay with me recording this? Uh, sure. Cool. Uh, can I get the name you'd like to appear by and the correct spelling? Uh, Emmy, E-M-M-Y. Just Emmy? Uh, and last name, P-R-I-T-Y-K-I-N. Okay, your pronouns? They, them. And you know what? I'm sorry, I didn't ask Alexandra their pronouns. Could you? Uh, she, her. Okay, thank you so much. Um, so, Alexandra mentioned that the first time they went to a Brooklyn Transcore show, you found about out about it first. How did you find out about it? Um, if I remember correctly, I think it was through this Instagram page called Chaos Calendar. And they would post, like, you could just, like, submit your gig and they would just post it. Um, so I saw it on there and I was like, oh, this is in LIC, really close to where I live. And it's, like, in some random area. Um, so I just decided to go. Yeah. What about it attracted you? It was just that it was a punk show or? It was a punk show. I've never been to a skate punk show or, like, a generator show. So that was a, I thought that would be cool to experience. And uh, what was your uh, impression the first time you went to that show? Um, it was, like, a very... I've never, like... I think that was one of the first times I really, like, um, started to get into that community. So I was, like, 
I don't know anyone here. Everyone here knows each other, but like it seems chill. <laughs> um, it was just it just seemed like a good time. It just seemed like you know people hanging out, brought a generator, and then just started like playing. It was a uh, right outside of this like FedEx to, like loading zone, so there would be like bands playing and then massive trucks just like pulling out of the driveway right behind them um do you remember who else played who besides dilators unfortunately i don't remember the band names i look really i tried to find the flyer for it but i couldn't find it yeah 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 but... uh so that was about a year ago right that was in june Okay. Last June. Last yeah. June. Yeah. Uh, so what? Um, uh, I mean, now that you've had sort of a year of experience with Brooklyn Transcore, what would you say are its uh, defining characteristics for you? Like, what's important about, or what's interesting about this group to you? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think they're all about like building community, mutual aid, and really just like opening up the floor to everyone that shows up to voice their needs, um, whether it be like needing to find a band member, um, needing community support, or just like advertising themselves as their artists or uh, what they do. Um, it just is a space where people like build each other up. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, one second. Uh, you're in a band, right? Yes. Were you in a band before Brooklyn Transcore? I was, but uh, we hadn't played any shows yet. We were still trying to find band members at that point. What were they called? The group? Uh, a Total Wreck. And uh, since uh, getting involved with Brooklyn Transcore, have you done any shows with them? Or how has that whole process been going for you? So I haven't done any shows through Brooklyn Transcore, but they've helped with like promoting the shows that we have done. Um, and I've also like gone to some meetings and um, found some drummers to try out through that as well. Cool. Uh, what do you play? Yeah. I play bass and I sing. Are you the lead for the band? Um, that's a good question. <laughs> It's me and my friend Jordan. We both sing and play bass, and some songs I sing on, some songs she sings on, some songs we both sing on. So, kind of, we're kind of both lead. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. Uh, what had you been in bands before that, or that was your first, your first group? Um, I had been in like a two-piece kind of thing in high school, but we never played any shows. Mm -hmm. um, but this was the first time I had like met someone that was like as, you know serious about it and as like actually like wanted to get to the point of playing shows and like making stuff um so yeah it's technically my first band yeah yeah um i mean why 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 a band what's interesting about it for you as, you, yeah. as opposed to anything else you could be i don't know a painter <laughs> yeah it was funny that you mentioned painter because like i was gonna go into that <laughs> but i think like music as a creative outlet is the most freeing for me um 
I grew up taking like art classes, drawing classes, and I think there was a lot of things put into my head of like, what is the right way to make a piece of art? And I had never taken any music classes, I'm self-taught. And I feel like because of that, I don't have this kind of like voice in my head of some authority figures saying that what I'm making is wrong. <laughs> um, so yeah, it just feels like the most freeing way to express myself and it, just a, something that happens naturally. Like I, being in a band or not, like I, I'm gonna write songs about the stuff that I'm feeling and you know, why not get a group of people and like, you know, make it good and play it for people, you know? Yeah. What are your songs about so far? A lot of them have to do with like, gender dysphoria, um, having chronic pain, and what that's like living in an ableist, capitalist world. <laughs> um, you know, struggling with... Me, me and Jordan have similar, like, experiences in writing themes um, about, like, struggling with depression and all of that. So I think those are the main themes of our work so far. You know, it's interesting. I think you're you're probably the ninth, eighth or ninth person I've interviewed for this project. And I, I need to check my notes, but I, I think you're actually the first one to mention gender dysphoria. Um, really? Yeah, which is not expected. I just want to do a quick search real quick because that yeah. feels not true. Let me see here. Yeah, you're, you're totally the first person to mention it out loud. Just Which is interesting. Uh, so I know what you mean. I know what that is. Could you describe gender dysphoria to some, uh, as though uh, I didn't? As though it was you explained to someone who had never heard of it before. Yeah, um, I think gender dysphoria for me, like as a non-binary person, might be a little different than uh, as a trans person who is a non-binary might explain it. But for me, it just feels like there are parts of my body that I was physically born with or developed over time that just don't align with um, who I am. Um, like I'm getting top surgery in a month and a huge reason I'm doing that is because I have a lot of dysphoria about that. And um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, of course. Um, hang on one second, I have a follow up for you. Before Brooklyn Transcore, had you um, uh, been interacting with any any LGBTQ plus groups, any sort of community spaces that uh, that you found useful or helpful, especially with in, in reference to like gender dysphoria? Like, when did you learn about that? Who did you learn about it from? What was the original okay. idea? Um, well, I, I think Alex mentioned earlier um, Dave Lesbian Bar. I think that was since us moving out, like that's been, 
that was the first kind of queer community that we found especially it was like all these events were like down the street from us uh, which was really really cool because you could just walk around the corner and there was like this uh, block party of like queer happiness that was kind of (laughs) crazy to see um but like gender stuff in general um i think like a lot of people during the pandemic and quarantine um you spend a lot of time thinking about stuff (laughs) and i think that also just proved to me like gender is performance and when you're not forced to when you're pulled out of the like everyday life that was I guess like 2019 I started to like think about who I was and a lot of feelings about gender I had pushed down started to come up because there was no reason for me to hide I was just like in my room you know um so yeah I I guess that was when I realized I was non-binary and then that also made me realize why I felt the way I did about my body and why I wanted to get top surgery and all of that. Yeah, was that concept of non-binary gender identity something you had prior to quarantine or is it something you found during quarantine? Like literally the terminology. Um, Um, I, like, definitely knew about it, but I think a part of me, like, didn't want to look into it because I was, like, afraid of finding something out about myself. Um, But I definitely, like, was aware of, like, what being trans was, what being non-binary was. Yeah. And then how did you find, how did you meet Alexandra? Oh, we're going back in time. (laughs) (laughs) We met, uh... When I was in my, my senior year of high school and she was, I think she just started college at like a mutual friends party. Oh. Yeah. Just some random party? So, some random party. Um, and we became friends. And then after a little while, we started dating. Uh, we were very different people back then. <laughs> yeah. 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 Uh, how old were you in 2019? I was 19. Mm, okay. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, of course. Very cool. Um, let me just check one more thing. Mm-hmm. Quick. I honestly think, I think that's it. Is there okay. anything you would like to talk about or you'd like to mention in, in regards to this project? Um... Well, I guess I forgot to ask, like, what the whole project is about in general. Oh, I should have started with that. So, yeah, Yeah. I've been working on an oral history uh, of Brooklyn Trans Corps. And that that includes, uh, I interviewed uh, some of the founding members, which was 15 years ago in 2007. Uh, Most of them are no longer involved with Brooklyn Trans Corps just because they've moved on to other other projects and other things. Mm -hmm. Uh, I I interviewed a lot of people um, in the current group. Uh, organizers and what's really fascinating is there really is this whole cohort of people who who after the quarantine came back out and were just were just like ravenous for community and so there's this massive new contingent of 
of queer youth, really, who are interested in yeah. doing Brooklyn Transcorp. So it's really, it's really fascinating um, seeing it happen. Uh, I've been working with Brooklyn Transcorp uh, since 2014. That's when I first moved into the city, uh, mostly through Punk Island. Brooklyn Transcorp was always central to Punk Island. It was one of our, our central groups. And so I knew that older cohort, and I did a lot of work with that older group, um, so it's very, it's very interesting to see the difference between what, what they were dealing with then and what they're dealing with now. And in a lot of ways, um, there's some overlap, but really there's, there's a lot more um, community and intentionality around queer spaces and trans spaces being centered, as opposed to way back then when there was really only gay and lesbian spaces for gay and lesbian people. And it wasn't yeah. for if you didn't fit, if you were like bisexual or anything else, you know, uh, you were sort of shunned because they were, there was still solidarity around that back then. And um, so it is, it is very interesting to just hear from people and hear about really how COVID affected them, uh, how they were, how they found Brooklyn Transcore, what they find valuable about Brooklyn Transcore, and um, you know what they plan on doing in the future. Which, by the way, what do you plan on doing in the future? Not just with Brooklyn Transcorp, but with your own artistic life. Oh, I'm kind of trying to figure that out. Um, being in a total wreck has been like the most fulfilling thing that I've done this past year. Um, I would love to just continue that and see where that goes. We keep writing songs, so, <laughs> you know. Um, we're hopefully going to record an album in the winter release that um a plan on recording a live ep situation in the next month um but other than that i'm trying to get into color grading like as a career um i feel like i'm in kind of a transitionary period with career stuff but yeah that's the goal <laughs> yeah yeah did you go to yeah. school uh, after high school yeah, I went to the School of Visual Arts for film. And you got a degree, or no? Yeah. You got a film degree? A yeah, course? cinematography. Okay, cool. Yeah. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Uh, one second. All right, cool. Is there anything else you'd like to talk about or go over? Um, no, I think that pretty much covers it. Maybe Alex might have some closing Yeah, yeah. Thank you stuff, so much. Because I know that she's... Uh, a little more involved with the like Brooklyn Trans Corps organizational stuff. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Thank you so much. Yeah, of course. Thank you for interviewing. I'm back. <laughs> cool. Uh, well, thank you so much. Uh, did you think of anything you wanted to talk about while we were off? Oh, something else that I would, I guess, like to say is, like, something that I'm also very excited for. This is something that I just remembered. Um, is uh, kind of just this, there's a really big, I feel, queer punk boom that is happening and has been happening over the past year. Uh, and I noticed this specifically, and this also still ties in Dave's Lesbian Bar. It always ties in Dave's Lesbian Bar. Um, I noticed this because, you know, at Dave's Lesbian Bar, they always put on shows, and they always allow for bands to be playing. And that was kind of one of the times where I got to see, like, 
all queer bands just like playing and rocking out and i start following them and seeing what they're doing and i get to see these other like queer bands that are doing all this crazy shit only to come to learn that like all these bands have like been created within like the past year like they're all so new uh and the level of talent is absolutely insane. So I'm like extremely excited to see how that kind of like affects the mainstream in a way. Because a lot of times when I tell people about like the shows I'm going to, the things that I'm seeing, they're like, oh, well, I guess punk is back now. And I'm like, did it ever leave? Was it ever gone? Like, I don't know, it seems like all these people were around doing stuff. And now we're all just like finally coming together and really expressing ourselves super outwardly. Um, and I can also attest a lot of that too to the stuff that, um, Hazel Unintelligible Screening has do, been doing because they are very much an advocate for like putting on ver uh, shows that are not just drag shows, shows that are both punk shows and drag shows where you get to see a sick band do some crazy shit, get in the mosh pit, and then like see some really out there drag that isn't the cookie cutter shit. It's like the the future is looking very very bright for this scene and i'm like exponentially excited to see where it's gonna go and i'm even more happy to be a part of it so yeah that's my last two cents perfect that's perfect thank you so much and uh so i just emailed you uh version one which is uh i did it last semester and so there's a lot more history stuff but uh, feel free to take a look if you see any notes or have any notes feel free to send them back to me but uh, I'll be printing out version two. So whatever, really this month is the last, last month I'll be working on it. So I really want to get a stable version that's, that's printable. And uh, we'll see how many I can print or what I can do. But yeah, uh, keep in touch and I'm sure I'll see you around soon. Hell yeah, definitely. Are you going to be around on, uh, I think there's a benefit show, a Punk Island benefit show. On soon. the 23rd? Yeah, is that I, I oh yeah that's the one at at um yes that one yes i will be performing i will be performing oh, at really? that show <laughs> awesome. yeah i will be there <laughs> gonna, yeah I'll, I'll definitely catch it i'm gonna be there selling punk island merch but I'll, yeah. I'll definitely see you with that all right let me stop the recording before we get off